1: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. Today we're going to be talking about how to survive the most challenging times. And today's special guest, Samantha Ruth, a transformational psychologist, is here to help us do that. Um, I certainly understand that so many of you that are listening have had some very challenging times in your life. And so this is going to be really, really good for you to hear. Um, Sam understands what it's like to feel overwhelmed, lost, stuck and alone. She can relate because after unexpectedly losing her husband, Jim, She felt like her life had been shattered into tiny, unrecognizable pieces. It took this experience for her to learn how to tune out the noise of everything and everybody else and focus on listening to herself. In addition to being a transformational psychologist, Sam is a grief and anxiety coach, speaker, and best-selling author. She is the founder of GriefHab a 24-7 support community for anyone who has experienced loss. Sam helps people around the world turn their pain into their power by guiding them to be their true selves, by embracing their differences and by living life on their own terms. Her mission is to change the way the world views mental health. So people can openly speak about whatever issues they have and get the help they not only need, but deserve without fear of judgment, labels, and repercussions. Sam has a unique style and heart-centered teaching, not only based on her education, but based on her own life experiences. This powerful combination allows her to help clients in a unique style that helps them pick up the pieces and put them back together again, even better. Good morning, Sam, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning. Good morning. So you you came upon, were you a psychologist already when your husband Jim passed? Yes. Okay. And what were you focusing on at that time?
0: I have always dealt with and trauma. I started my career working with um, at-risk teenagers and their families. So I dealt with a lot of overdoses and suicides. Um, and then, of course, as I grew and expanded, I started seeing adults and couples as well and
1: thought I knew everything about <laughs>
0: trauma until it happened to me.
1: So what is it, what was different about experiencing it for yourself um, compared to the the tools and um, methods that you were teaching others?
0: I, I don't think anyone completely understands until you go through it, but trauma changes your brain. It changes the entire way you function. So I honestly felt like I had to learn everything all over again. I went to the University of Michigan. I'm a type A goal-driven ambitious person and I could not do the things that had been easy for me my entire life, let alone deal with challenges or, you know, pressure or any added stress.
1: Is, is trauma, the trauma of death different than the trauma of um, life issues that can happen to us, particularly in relationships and families?
0: I think it's really similar. I really think that we all have to heal from trauma and no two paths will ever look the same, but I think trauma is trauma and we can't
1: really compare. Okay. All right. So what I've noticed with my clients is that once they grasp what has happened to them, they tend to go into a deep grieving state. And they describe this to me as the most painful thing they've ever felt. And they fear it because they don't think they're ever going to be the same. Why does it hurt so much? Why does that first stage of grief hurt so much?
0: Because life as you knew it, the plans that you had, the visions that you had with this person are gone. And so understanding or or even comprehending what might be next, it's like an entirely new book with nothing written. Um, And and the old book was just incorrect. It's not going to happen anymore. So it's not only grieving that loss, it's rebuilding your life.
1: Mm. So let's talk about grieving. What I, what are the step the stages of grieving and explain to us how it works, how these stages work.
0: I, I think, oh my God, I'm just going to be myself and be honest. I, I don't think it's at all linear. I think you okay. can experience all of the things at once. Uh, you can experience one and then experience it again later. So I, I think the biggest misconception in this, I I think the world has it backwards. We're not taught the necessity of grieving and acknowledging that we have experienced the loss and our life is different. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're saying your listeners go through that because they're at least honoring their feelings and allowing themselves to much of the world doesn't think that that's okay because we, we live in this hustle bounce back and pull yourself together culture. So I think it's really important to acknowledge the fact that it's not only okay to grieve, it's necessary. It is the it is necessary to heal and if we don't do it, things will resurface in unhealthy ways throughout life.
1: And that bounce back culture that you referred to, that is something that makes my clients generally question what they're going through because they're like, Well, you know I'm trying to just move forward <laughs> and um and this keeps grabbing me and holding me back, you know and I, I say to them, the only way to to heal is through the pain. you have got to go through the pain but and we
0: are not taught that it is one hundred percent true, it's not fun, it's not easy, but it is the only way.
1: So if we don't, you know, if we prolong it, if we just keep pushing forward at some point, it's going to take us down, right?
0: Absolutely. And it might not be grief. It might be your health. It might surface in your mood with with mood swings. It could affect your relationships. It just will resurface in an unhealthy way. And, you know, I wish we were taught from the time we understood language that when something bad happens, we are supposed to deal with it and feel the feelings.
1: That's so true. I really wish that was true as well. Um, I guess that really goes back to parenting and how our parents really prepare us for life. And many parents don't really know. They don't have the insight to prepare their children for this kind of thing, to experience pain. Parents want to shield children from pain, not teach them how to experience it.
0: Absolutely. And it's not just parents. I played sports my whole life and you're taught to shake it off and get back out there. And that's not in a game. You have to do that. But in life, that's not healthy. And my brother, my nieces are are eight and 11 now. So this was almost four years ago. They were very, very young. And yes, that parents want to shield children. And I said to him, if you expect me not to cry then I can't be around them. <laughs> you know, I can't, This my life is disrupted. I have to deal with it. But but it was his instinct to
1: want to hide it. So how do we tell children, um, how do we break the news that there's been a loss of a loved one? What is the best way to do that?
0: I, I, I mean, mine was completely unexpected. So it's not like, somebody was sick and there was any anything leading up to it I think sitting down and whatever your faith or culture or beliefs are you know so and so's in heaven whatever whatever feels right and allowing them to ask questions my niece who was four or five years old asked so many questions and I I loved it I loved talking to her about it so I think You know, I'm sure my brother Aunt Sam is really sad. She's going to be sad for a long time. Uncle Jim isn't with us anymore. Uh, I think that that they understand me. I'm not the same aunt who bounced around and played any game and laughed all day with them.
1: How are you different? I
0: still do those things, but it's not you know there there's a little bit of effort involved in sometimes being happy or having fun other times it's amazing and i love it but i get tired quicker i i just don't i i have lost a little bit of fun sam i'm not the life of the party or the social butterfly and if i get sad i don't run to the bathroom and hide it. If if I'm emotional, I'll cry. And I know that makes people uncomfortable, but I think that that's the only way people will know because grief is invisible. And it's been almost four years. And I think the world needs to understand that it doesn't go away. It gets different. And we learn how to cope better. But it's not just anniversaries and holidays that we struggle with. Every day is a challenge. And it's not like we have a cast on our arm for people to know that. So I believe that if we don't tell them, things will stay the way they are.
1: Okay. Yeah, you're, you're right. And when you have a physical loss uh, like you did, h- how long ago um, did Sam pass? I mean, not Sam. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're Sam. Um, Get rid of me. Get rid of me. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'm, uh, Jim. Jim, Jim, Sam, Jim. I've um, got the two names together on my thing. How long ago did your husband, Jim, pass? December 27th will be four years. Wow. So when you, when you can tell people that you've had a physical loss, um, I think it's easier for people to understand that and maybe to be able to let you be and relate with narcissistic abuse. When you've had a loss like that, people tell you to just get over it. And so Breaking down in front of people just dry, just annoys them. After a while, they don't want to accept that you know that something like this is is traumatic. Um, and you know so, what I say? <laughs> I what? I don't care.
0: It's not it's not about them. It truly mm-hmm. is about us and surviving and healing. And it doesn't matter whether somebody is still in this physical world or not. Loss is loss, and you know maybe you don't have to say. I'm missing so you know you can still just say I'm having a rough day, still difficult or or you know today's a tough one. People it's invisible. So because most of us bounce back and subscribe to moving on or moving forward, people have the misconception that we do get over it. And we don't.
1: Hmm. So, and it, and so you just, it just changes the way that you experience life, right? Is that basically what absolutely. you're saying?
0: And okay. I, and to anyone struggling right now, if you asked me, you know, three years ago, or, you know, when people used to say, what are, you, what are your dreams or what will you do next? I had no answer. I had absolutely no idea. And my healing involved figuring that out. That didn't involve bouncing back and doing what the world expected of me and helping others. I, I really had to make a commitment to take care of me. And I, I believe that's the first step. You're important. You matter. You're a priority. And you've spent so much time taking care of this other person that you probably have been neglecting you. So this is the time.
1: That's so true. Self-love, um, self-respect is so important. It is the key to healing trauma. I, I definitely agree with you. Um,
0: and then the world types in with their noise. I mean, if we had a little movie of me making progress, it wouldn't look like progress to much of the world, but it was progress. It's, and so if we listened, you know, I mean, I was, I was sitting outside playing in the dirt because it helped me calm down. It helped me breathe. And ridiculous, you could be doing a lot more productive things. I couldn't listen to that or hear that because this, in those moments, that is when something would come to me. Or whatever the case may be, it, is, it was part of my process. And other people heal through a lot of creative outlets. And the world doesn't understand that.
1: The world just wants us to just get over it. That's Mm -hmm. that is the most that is that is the most frustrating thing to hear from people. Get over it. Oh, my gosh.
0: And I'm sure your listeners here by now, you know, it's been this long. Sam's been almost four years. Why are you still wearing your wedding ring? Because I am and I probably always will be. And if I don't, that's my choice and my decision. (laughs) But people pipe in unsolicited. You know, it's great Mm -hmm. to get feedback and advice and support from our loved ones. But everybody else,
1: we can just tune them out. (laughs) We have to tune them out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I tell most people to stop talking to everybody, you know, because when you've been through something that's very hard to understand, and it may, you know, it may be different for No, I really don't think it would be different if there's a physical death uh, of a loss that way. Um, But most people just need to talk about, talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And people get tired of hearing it. And so I'm like, find people who understand you, who support you unconditionally and talk to them. Talk to me. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because... It's so true. It's because so everybody It's going to believe, make you feel worse.
0: Yes. And I do believe that part of healing involves making that choice to be open to new people because the right new people because having people who get it makes a world of difference so you just have to take that first step and talk to one person uh, but you can't go through it alone you shouldn't have to and anybody who doesn't want to hear it that's a reflection of them not you
1: right yeah i tell people your world is going to get small your circle of people, your, not your world, but your circle is going to get very small around you because you're going to find out really who is in it um, with unconditional support and love. And we find that a lot of people that we have had in our lives as far as friends and, uh, you know, coworkers or whatever, when something happens to us, they really are not there to give the support. And after you've been through something very traumatic, This is one of the ways that I see people change. They change in their way that they don't want to be with. They don't want to just talk nonsense. They don't want to just sit around and chat about nails or uh, you know cars or whatever. They want real conversation. And so I think it's important to
0: yes, I agree. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. What were you going to say?
0: I I became very intentional with who I talk to, who I spend my time with, who I answer the phone for. We are struggling and we need things that lift us up. And there might be mm-hmm. people in your life that you don't want to divorce or get rid of, but that doesn't mean you have to play by their rules. It's 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 difficult, but it is about setting your own boundaries and the that you're right there is loss our world shrinks and that is the saddest status thing because we've experienced the loss the thing we need is more loss
1: mm. so people tend to beat themselves up when they're going through this because if somebody if if other people aren't saying get over it they're they might be saying it to themselves they're like because if they've never experienced pain before they're like I don't like this, get over it. And then they begin to be hard on themselves. And as soon as they start that pattern of, you know, self-deprecation and and, um, self-judgment, it takes them in the wrong direction. Instead of feeling better and healing, they begin to feel worse. Have you experienced that?
0: Yes, with my clients and personally, it's completely true. And when you feel worse, the anxiety comes. And the best thing my therapist said to me when I was going through this was, one thing a day. If you do more, great. But, I mean, really, I, I'm that person who had always been go, go, going, and I had a plan, and I, I was putting that pressure on me. And, and it takes looking at yourself like you would look at someone else. We wouldn't tell a, a child or somebody who was physically injured to heal quicker. It's part of the process
1: and the world just has it backwards so it's just
0: completely backwards
1: (laughs) (laughs) so true you know i heard you say um you had a plan which in a sense is a kind of control we think we have this control over life and it's very artificial because we really don't have it and um it's important that we begin to let go of that false sense of control. Did you have to do that?
0: Yes, and I would give anything to have Jim back by my side. But I will say that through healing, I have become the best, best version of myself. I've found my voice. I've learned how to listen to my intuition and tune out all the other noise. So I completely think that, we, we have to do our own way, and it's different for each and every one of us, and somehow or another, you have to just ignore everything else because I was finger painting at 3 in the morning because I couldn't sleep, and now I use Art of Healing. You don't have to understand right now what it's going to lead to. That was huge for me to learn how to pause and to learn how to live in the unknown, and it's been a gift. I would still rather have Jim, but I I have learned so much about not go, go, going and listening to that gut feeling or that little voice that we usually shut up or laugh at and, and we think everybody else knows better. And so we listen when people make suggestions. I learned to do the exact opposite, and every time I did it, I was like, oh, my God, what if I did this my whole life? Like what? What would life be like? Like if I didn't think all my ideas were wrong.
1: It is amazing, you know. And you talk about you know becoming the best version of yourself, and I do believe that's true. When you're in the middle of the the, the worst part, the beginning of this grief, it's very hard to imagine that you're going to, that healing means you're going to become the best version of yourself. But it is so very true. And I love when people are on the other side and they say, now I see it, you know. Uh, but it, yeah, I mean, you're right. It it never just, it never completely goes away, but you live with it. You learn to live with it. Um, so we've, I, I've asked you about the stages of grief. And I know, I understand that they're not linear, but some things seem to happen before others. So in other words, um, I think the anger, the true anger seems to come after acceptance, after denial is lifting. And people can't seem to get angry until they can get to that place of acceptance. So is that true or am I observing this incorrectly?
0: with physical loss i don't think so i mean my, I, I, there were there were tons of people in my circle that were angry and that a good place for me i nothing was going to bring him back and so ranting at the world or suing the hospital you know none of those things were helping me they were that that talk brought me down but when somebody's still here I agree with you. I do think people blame themselves and have to go through all of this, you know, chaos. And then when they accept the end of the relationship, then they're healthy enough to be able to say, you know what? I'm pissed off at him, not me.
1: Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, you know, people say to me, you know, I'm starting to feel really angry and I don't like that aspect of myself. And I'm like, I've been waiting to hear that. <laughs> yes. I've been waiting for that yes. to come because no, you are exactly where you need to be. In, you know, in order to, if we're going to love ourselves, we have to be angry that someone um, did the horrible things that they did to us, abused us, used us, left us, cheated on us. Um, but, but you're right, we most of my clients will blame themselves first. What did I do? How did I cause this? How could I have fixed this? You know, and it's when they can let that go and say, okay, I couldn't have, this has nothing to do with me that they can then say, you know what? I'm really pissed off. And you're, you're, you're very right. But I can see where the difference would be because um, when you lose a loved one, I think you can be angry right off the bat. Uh, you know, but that's a choice, and you obviously did not make that choice.
0: No, it was. Um, that's what when I say to people, be intentional. If something made me feel worse, I really, truly went through like a mental: is this good for me? Do I want this in my life? Why am I doing this? Because every single day was hard enough. So, if I do have control, I can't control the majority of the world, but if I can control who I let in my universe and who I let in and how I spend time with them, I'm absolutely doing it.
1: So what do you say to people about them claiming themselves in all aspects, good and bad, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whoever they are in all aspects, um, How do you help people claim who they are rather than them feeling like they have to be what other people expect them to be?
0: I work long and hard with finding one thing, just one time that you have a feeling or a thought, mother's intuition, whatever that you normally would ignore. And, I, you know, and it doesn't have to be a big one. It doesn't have to be a major life decision. But if we can, like, make it an experiment and say, okay, it hasn't worked my way. I'm going to try it Sam's way. People don't come back and say to me, I listened to myself and I was, you were so wrong. I'm so angry. I mean, usually it, it leads to something really powerful.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's one of the first things I usually do is I say, Okay, so your assignment until we meet again is I want you to allow yourself to experience your intuition without needing to get into your head. See how that feels. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I so I agree with you. It we do have it. And with narcissistic abuse in particular, narcissists specifically teach us or train us not to trust our gut and to Absolutely. only listen to what we say. And that can be very confusing. So, but, but many, I mean, I mean, we all have that intuition. We all have that sensitivity. Um, it's just that we need to get back in touch with it. So you think that is really the first step into claiming who we are?
0: Yes. Because again, just like we aren't taught that grieving is, necessary we are not taught that listening to our intuition is necessary we we, we're taught the opposite whether it's intentional or not so especially in these relationships it has to happen and you know it might take someone a while to get to the point that they're willing because people have been beaten down and people have been told that they are completely wrong but once they start hearing one person you or me say you're not crazy it opens up a new door. They've been they've been conditioned with all of this negative information. So find one person that you connect with. It can be an author, anyone. I was so lost that I was just reading my Jack Canfield books and listening to him on tape. And then I ended up taking a year to work with him.
1: Mm. Oh wow. And Tell I mean, me more. You know,
0: I mean, I was just <laughs> trying to get through the day. You know, I really uh-huh. was just trying to get through the day. So um, find that, you know, for a lot of people, it, it it can be anyone. It's probably not the people it's been your whole life.
1: Exactly. You're right. So what was it like to work with Jack Canfield? And for those who are listening, Jack Canfield is, um, he's well known for um, the um, Chicken Soup of the Soul books. So yeah. how did you, how, how did you work with him?
0: I, <laughs> so Listening to my intuition, I went to the mountains, I live in Colorado, for uh, my first wedding anniversary without Jim, which is what we always did, and nobody wanted me to do it. Everybody was nervous about me driving alone and what happens if something, you know, what if I get really sad and I'm stuck up in the mountains, and I just had this intense need to go, and I ignored it. I mean, I don't generally ignore when 50 people have the same thought. So I did it anyway, and I was sitting under a tree with my dog reading the Success Principles book, which is Jack Canfield's other well-known book. And somebody came up to me with their puppy, and my dog started playing for the first time, um, Mm. and said, are you part of Jack Canfield's training program? And I said, his what? So by ignoring everyone else and listening to myself, I met someone who connected me with Jack Canfield. I didn't know he had programs, and a lot of people go for professional purposes. I was just lost and thought that it would help me. So I had no idea what it, what I was doing it for, which was confusing again to the rest of my world. Uh, but but I started listening to me.
1: And right, and when you relinquished control and you just did what you, what was in your heart which you felt was right to do the truth was brought to you that the, the, you had this synchronicity yeah. that you would not have normally had and i do um i think that people do experience that we we seem to get once we get to that place where we do listen to ourselves and we stop feeling like we have to put stopgaps in every different way because it makes us feel like we, you know, like we're truly controlling something. As soon as we do that, we tend to be quickly rewarded with something major. Quickly, quickly rewarded. My
0: dog was grieving just as much as I was. And to see her playing with this puppy was the greatest thing. And the- I came home and got my second dog, which, again, everyone said, you're crazy. You're already overwhelmed with one. And I am telling you what, Sassy is happier and healthier than ever. and It's like her little service dog. They're inseparable. And that, that, I mean, that was hard enough for me just watching her. So I'm encouraging people. I mean, it can be trying a new route that you've always thought was a shorter way to work. And, and you just never take it. It can be anything simple. But I, I'm telling you, you're going to prove yourself right. And if I had listened to everyone and not gone to the mountains, none of this, I I wouldn't be sitting here.
1: That's, you know, I just love that. I think that's, that's fantastic. It is. And it truly does work that way. Um, I have a client who was so, I mean, she was at the end of her rope. She truly, truly was ready to go. Um, And we started working on letting go. And The universe opened up to her in amazing ways that I've never seen happen before. And it just kept happening, one thing after another after another. I'm like, you know, that's what happens when you let go. You get rewarded very quickly. So it's a beautiful thing, and that's amazing that you were – so how long did you work with him?
0: I worked with him for all of 2019. I still am connected with him and that community, but we were talking about finding the people who get it my my looking back the reason i went was because i needed these people in my life there's there's another there were two other widows that i am extremely close with that were able to let me know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and this is my family and these are the people who believed in me when i didn't who helped me when i was so down and other people expected me to be bouncing back and so to people who are really in loss right now you don't have to know when or why that was the hardest thing for me i was that planning girl but listen to yourself and you will figure out why later i as soon as i connected with jack canfield i, I met my publisher and dear friend and started right you know it just it's just like you said magical things happen instantly
1: instantly <laughs> so incredible and it just shows you that there is a flow to life, and we just need to sort of ride that flow. Uh, but you know, but also that we have all the answers within ourselves. We know what's right—not all the answers, but we know what's right for us. Um, yes, we, we always do. Yes, we have do. all the
0: answers.
1: we, yes, do we are. We, have an ex- all the answers.
0: we are our expert. You're the <laughs> only expert on you.
1: Right on us. Right. We have all the answers for ourselves. That's true. That's true. So what is the route to changing pain into power? And I know we talked about all the different steps, but is there a more um, sort of simplistic formula that you use or is it just really all the things that we've discussed all along the way?
0: It's, It's those things, but it is also important. This is going to sound silly, but breathing, drinking water, like going back to treating yourself like an infant and taking care of your body our body is our vehicle and we don't care about it when we're hurting so the things that you can do that are immediate are are simple things like that and um crying when you feel like crying instead of fighting it your body is going to give you clues and again just like our intuition We might not have been listening to them all these years. So that's really, really, really important. And it's important people isolate because they're suffering and people, whatever the reasons, you can't go through it alone. You do not have to share it with the world, but you need to find one person. Just start with one and accept the help.
1: So did you learn any of these things in your training um, to become a psychologist? Do they teach you any of these things or these are just, you know, lessons learned through living? I did not learn these things. I learned,
0: I learned the right way to breathe for anxiety, yes. But no, I, I, we weren't taught how powerful meditation is. And no, none of these things I learned in school.
1: And I I figure that I I think that there's a lot missing in the training of uh, mental health, you know, mental health professionals. I think there's a lot of pieces missing, and I know a lot of it is antiquated. So um, what is your feeling on that, on on the study of psychology and um, that science in particular?
0: I don't think it's just that field. I mean, I'll go back to, you know, to school and... People should be allowed to leave the room when they're feeling sick on the inside just as much as when they're feeling sick on the outside and we're not, we're not taught these things anywhere. I honestly think I learned more working with Jack Canfield in a year about life that would have helped me my entire life. And I think that's why I make so much noise. I don't want people to wait until they're in that much pain. If we start now and you trust People who have made the mistakes <laughs> you can avoid a lot of the pitfalls or you can have you can have the miracles and the
1: magic sooner mm, it's so true yeah the the University of life is probably the best teacher of all as long as we take our uh, challenges and we work through them we learn how to deal with them and uh, because And then there'll, there'll be more. There's always going to be more. There's layers and layers. There's always going to be other things that come up. But, um, you know, I believe that when something is put in front of you that is just earth shattering, um, that's one of the things we've really come here to do, to overcome, actually. And I've learned to recognize those things and go, okay, thank you for showing me that I need to work through this particular issue. So I'm going to push forward. Um, it's, it's hard to see life that way until you have a series of things, or at least one thing that causes you to be able to um, have 2020 20 hindsight, you know, where you can look back and say, okay, I see where, what that was all about. There's always a mm-hmm. lesson in things. Do, do you think And I, this is a hard question. Was there a lesson in losing your husband?
0: I think the lesson, okay, so he accepted me exactly as I am, even though I didn't. I Hmm. I didn't know that I didn't. But without him, I've had to do that by myself. I've had to except all of me, even the parts I didn't love. And I have embraced every single part. So I do think that that being the best version of myself and, you know, things like blessing and gratitude, that's difficult when you're in a tough place. So I I, I don't know what word to choose, but I would not have done that if he was here because he did it. He, he you know, he took care of me.
1: Wow. And now you're strong and you stand on your own feet.
0: And I have my own voice. And also to everyone struggling, I think it's
1: extremely important
0: to, I think about him and talk about him and our memories all the time, but I can't dwell on the past and the fact that the life I wanted is gone. Just as much as I cannot worry about what's next because I'm not going to find the answer while I'm trying to find the answer. So I really think that the biggest step is, again, ignoring the world and getting through, it might not even be one day at a time. For me, it might have been every 10 minutes I had to remind myself. But all you have to do is get through this moment.
1: That's so true. It it is. It can be a moment-to-moment challenge. But you're right. You're right. Well, you know, it's commonly known that we're supposed to be living in the present, not in the past or the future, uh because the present is where our where we're free of the anxiety and the pain. It's in that moment um we can be okay. So, I completely agree with you in that way. Mm. Right, like normally
0: at three o'clock in the morning, if I can't sleep, I'm thinking about, you know, I would be trying to problem solve. But instead, finger painting felt right, and it helped. (laughs) And the answers came because I wasn't
1: trying to look for them. Yeah, that's so true. So I've asked you a lot of questions. Is there anything else that you think is important for us to talk about? in regard to grief and anxiety, because we really didn't, actually, we really didn't touch on the anxiety part of it. Um, What do we do with that anxiety that we feel? Well,
0: so one of the things I learned when I lost Jim is how similar people treat those who are grieving as they do people with mental illness. Nobody knew how to act around me. Nobody knew what to say. There was, you know, meanwhile, I'm the one who experienced the loss. And I'm the one being judged and feeling, you know, the, the the wrath. So I think it's important to recognize that if we don't tell people how we're feeling or let them know, they don't know. So I just didn't care if I made people feel uncomfortable. If I if I was anxious, I said it, and some people poo pooed it but a lot of people were really compassionate and you don't know that when you put it on when you you know try to put it away and hide it and and put on that happy face i think that to get through it you honor yourself and if you feel anxious you're allowed to not go to something or you're allowed to go and leave early and you're allowed to say
1: this was tough <laughs> you know I'm laughing because um, when I say that to people, they go, really, <laughs> I can really, do I that? I, I can really be me. I can really make those choices. I can really leave if I want to leave. I can really not go to my best friend's wedding if I don't feel right about it. I mean, yeah, yeah, you get to make these choices. I say, you know, as long as you're not hurting somebody, you can do what you want to do in this life. And that's so and hard for some people it's to grasp. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to grasp,
0: but I'm telling you, you'll be able to breathe. And for if we're talking about anxiety, <laughs> that's <laughs> walking around feeling like you can't breathe. So finding those moments of peace
1: are huge. So um, is it always? Is the anxiety always on a psychological level? Because if it's trauma based, you know, it can be physiological. So what do we do about, you know, our, when our brain is reacting, um, you know, in ways that are, you know, if we're, we're flooded with cortisol, we, we can't calm ourselves down no matter what we do. Yes,
0: that's when I don't care if you're driving and you need to pull over on the side of the road, I don't care if you're at work and you need to turn off the computer, you go to your breath. And sometimes it takes longer than others, and sometimes it might only take a minute, but it's called back breathing, and you inhale for a count of four, you hold it for four counts, and you exhale for four counts, and you do that for as long as you need to do
1: okay that's that's really good um, and yeah, you're right, breathing does calm us down. Hmm. Well, that's a good tool because we all have breath. <laughs> I mean, but,
0: no, I go to my don't. breathing. All, what are you doing? I'm breathing. I, you can do it anywhere. If you want to be in private, you can, but <laughs> it's something you can take with you wherever you go. So um, it is the most important tool. And stopping before you reach the level of panic. Our Like I our body gives us clues. Your palms start to sweat or your heart starts to race. And if you listen to that, as soon as it happens, instead of waiting until you're in the full-blown panic mode, we don't have, we don't have to hit those points because you can, you can step away and you have permission. You don't need it, but you have it.
1: Thank you. Thank you for giving, giving us all permission to be who we are. <laughs> it's so important. And, and many people, as I said, need permission. They need permission to just let go of the expectations that other people have for them and they've had for themselves and just say, you know what, I'm, j- I'm just going to be me. It's so much easier and so complicated for many people to grasp, but it is the easy way through life. I think I agree with you. I agree with everything that you're saying.
0: It's, the e- it's easier and it also, then you find the right people you're not going to connect with the people who are more likely to abuse or take advantage. You still, you know, they they're out there, but when you're your real self, you attract the 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 people that
1: mesh with you. that's, that's very true. You have a podcast, don't you? I do. What is the name of your podcast? It is,
0: it's called the Be Ruthless Show. Making noise and breaking stigmas and it's kind of all about things I've said, having the conversations that make people uncomfortable, talking about things that need to be talked about if anything is going to change, whether that's you know, Simone Biles not doing all of her Olympic yeah. events or you know wow. That was that was, she, was really she, amazing. Still getting backlash. So it's it's me trying to make my dent and change the way the world views grief and mental health.
1: How do we access that podcast, and how often do you do it?
0: I have two episodes a week, Mondays and Wednesdays, and it's on all, I'm not a
1: tech person, but it's
0: on Apple and all the, anywhere you can listen to a podcast, it is. Uh, And I love, I love here. you know, a lot of times people will ask me a question and I'll then use that as a topic. So, you know, if there are things you'd like me to cover, I'd love to hear
1: Right. And how do we is there an email address we can use to send those questions to you?
0: Sam at Samantha Ruth dot com.
1: Sam at Samantharuth Ruth dot com. Okay, that's great. Um and your website is Sam dot S- com. <laughs> Samantha and, Ruth. and the podcast com. is
0: actually awesome. The podcast is also on my website, silly me. (laughs) If anybody like me doesn't know how to access a podcast, it's there every episode.
1: Right. You have the links to it, so you can go right to it. I know people don't understand what a podcast is and how to listen to them. So, yeah, I get that. Um, And you said, did you write a book? I have a chapter in three, and
0: I have a book uh, that I have co-created called Faces of Mental Illness that's launching any day Um, that has 20 brave stories from brave souls trying to help break stigmas by sharing their truth. And my book, Redefining Ruthless, will be out. I
1: don't know if it will be this year or next year. Mm, Okay, great. Do you think that you're a better psychologist, a better um, therapist, now that you've and and not so much what you've gone through but the fact that you embrace self self self-love and self-care doesn't that make it easier to give out I know for me it does
0: yes and I've always worked you know each person is there is unique therefore each approach is unique but this gave me and an entire new perspective as well as a whole new toolbox. I never would have understood the importance of listening to your intuition
1: before. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. So we really do have all the answers within us. And sometimes we need professionals to guide us uh, to, to, to get us going in the right direction. But we really have it all. Um, so is there any message you would like to leave us with or anything that you'd like to talk about that, you know, we haven't already.
0: I just want everyone to know that you're not alone. I know you might feel alone and I know you might feel like you will never be happy again. And I, I get it. I felt all of those things. I just hope that you can believe from those of us who have been there that it does get different. Maybe better isn't the right word, but you will get through it. You're stronger than you know, and you do not have to go through it alone. But you do have to do it your way.
1: And how do we rate happiness? Because you use the word happy. Um, do we achieve happiness? And what exactly is, you know, how would you define that?
0: I, I, I think happiness comes from being your true self and honoring what we need and what feels right and a lot of times we're taught the exact opposite so i think i think it's important to recognize that you maybe you've never been happy maybe you don't know what it feels like but it's possible and it starts with you deciding that you matter
1: Hmm. so all happiness is based on really ourselves claiming who we are accepting who we are loving who we are and then we're we're happy for the most part. you can
0: try and you know take one more class or get one more bag or you know you can try and fill it with external sources but i think we all know that doesn't work
1: no it doesn't work hmm. well you have such great things to say this is um this is powerful and i I'm so appreciative of having you on. Um, yeah, I think I think that's it for the questions I have. But so you're at Samantharuth.com and Sam, would you say Sam at Samantharuth.com was your Correct. email? Okay, great. All yes. e all e all um your name. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me know when your book comes out and if it's something we can cover here, we'll you know, I'll definitely have you back and we'll talk about it.
0: Thank you so much, and thank you for this work. It's so important because you do not have to
1: lose someone to death to need mm. to mourn. Loss
0: is loss, and, um, again, ignore anyone who tells you differently.
1: Oh, what a great message. Thank you, Sam. It's been such a, cra- a pleasure having you. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good day. Take you
0: care. Too.
1: Thank you. Bye. Bye. So we are out of time today, but if you have any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you
0: enjoyed today's show. Visit randyfine.com, dot com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows.